Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up? Welcome to the 2021 year. It is the new time, the new year, a new day. Let's just say it. I'm happy 2020 is over. I'm happy 2020 is over for a lot of reasons, not the common reasons. I'm happy because the growth in the Catapult Commission's brand and business was exponential. I'm happy that we were forced to make some pivots and make some business decisions around COVID that expanded us outside our comfort zone. I'm happy about that. Now, I'm not happy that we've experienced COVID. I, I have friends and family who've lost loved ones. I know it's a terrible time, and we will probably be learning about the impact of COVID for years to come. Uh, I've shared with some colleagues that there will be graduate books written and business books written about how we handled business during COVID. I mean, I think that can apply for really any industry. But So I'm not happy that that has happened. But I'm happy. I'm trying to find the happiness in the growth that had to take place to navigate this world of COVID. So with that being said, we're going to talk today about something that I think is going to be here to stay for a little bit longer. And it's going to have to get better for all of us. Fun fact, I have just completed, or not just completed, but I'm in the middle of interviewing sales professionals to join uh, my sales team. And I've had to conduct multiple of these interviews during Zoom or Microsoft Teams, essentially virtual meetings. Um, I remember the first time I did virtual meetings, I had to hire one employee uh, in 2020 and I did virtual interviews. And I have to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of them, specifically when it comes to interviews, because I always feel you can learn more and engage more when you're speaking with somebody face to face. Uh, when I'm interviewing somebody, I'm reading body language. Uh, I'm listening to what hasn't been said more than what has been said. I'm actually more impressed when someone has uh, questions as opposed to answering my questions. And in in a face-to-face interview, you typically say, hey, this is your interview slot time. I have it slotted for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, and you can gauge the temperament. On these virtual interviews, um, you still have that timing. It's just, it's so hard to gauge that body language. That's the one thing I do miss. But that prompted me to bring up today's podcast. Virtual presentations, they're not going anywhere. We are going to have to execute in virtual presentations for a long time. It might be the new version of normal. We don't fully understand the long-term impact of COVID-19. It is now 2021. So 
there's no reason your virtual presentation should suck. Bottom line, your virtual presentation should not suck. So today we're going to talk about how to make that virtual presentation impactful, how to have it set up perfectly, how to come across as a professional, and how to deliver a virtual presentation that you're happy about. We will elaborate this further in the year on a sales component specifically. When is it time to ask qualifying questions? When is it time to ask for feedback? How can you read buying signals through a virtual presentation? The short answer, a lot of that is very similar to in-person, but right now we're going to dive down the rabbit hole of your virtual presentation. So let's talk about it. We have virtual presentations in all capacities. You're either going to virtually present your product, your service, your offering. You're going to have a virtual meeting with your colleagues, coworkers, or peers, uh, your boss. Uh, you're going to have a virtual interview. You'll have a virtual meeting with your customer. All of these virtual meetings are important. And if you can do them correctly, it can save a lot of time. You know, the one thing I haven't missed, I haven't missed sitting in traffic because a lot of my appointments are now done in front of my camera. But I can't take somebody serious on the other side of a virtual presentation when they don't take themselves serious. That's my personal opinion, my personal belief. If you don't have the capabilities or the knowledge to have a correct virtual presentation, that makes me question your ability to adapt to new circumstances. That's it. That's the bottom line. If you don't have a good virtual presentation or you're not actively engaged in a good virtual meeting, I question your ability to adapt to unique business situations, to unique selling situations, because this selling during COVID is the most unique selling situation I've ever experienced in my 20 years in this industry. So let's, let's be honest here. We have to adapt. So here's a couple things to adapt. First one, pet peeve. My goodness, I've seen it from several highly compensated, highly talented business individuals. We'll just leave them at that. I'm not going to say titles. I'm not going to say compensation. Just they're paid well. For crying out loud, people, let's get a light. Okay. If you're going to do a virtual presentation, get the correct lighting. You need correct lighting. The lighting from your laptop isn't enough, okay? If you don't have, if you're, if you're presenting somewhere, and let's say you're in a hotel room where for whatever reason your light goes out, there's ways to use the sun, there's ways to use the window. Obviously, you don't want your lighting to be behind you, meaning you don't want the window shining the sun at your, at your webcam. So if you forget your lighting, Turn it around. Don't have your camera facing the sun. And if you're going to present, you don't need to see everybody that you're presenting to. You just need to look at the camera. So, uh, you know, uh, a cheap way, you can open up a white blank sheet of Microsoft Word or whatever um, Word operating document and just have the white sheet up in front of you, minimize your other screens, and it'll give you a little bit of light. But what you really need to do is just get the proper lighting. It's critically important. There is a ring light, a large ring light you can get on Amazon. They're anywhere from 50 to 150 bucks. There's small ring lights that don't take up a lot of space on your desk 
for 40 or 50 bucks. There's travel ring lights. I do presentations from hotel rooms at time when I'm traveling that can fit in your suitcase, can fit in your brief bag. You can get those for under 50 bucks. Get the correct lighting. Now, we're not going to talk about how having the lighting of being overexposed or underexposed. You can look up three-point lighting. You could look up lighting uh, properly videos. But the bottom line is if you're going to do a virtual presentation, well, get good lighting. Second part to your virtual presentation. This kills me. Have the right background. Okay. The background behind you when you're virtually presenting is almost as important as to what you're presenting. Now, I, if you follow any of my Catapults and Commissions blog, and I just spoke about this blog, um, this specific topic in depth in my blog at the end of the year, and we finished up the second part uh, in the beginning of the year. So we're, we're revisiting it, talking about it on the podcast a little bit, because I think it's something that everyone needs to hear and everyone needs to understand and we have to get better at. But the background, don't allow your background to distract from your message. It's happening. I've jumped on virtual meetings with people and I look at the background and it's cluttered. It's filled. It's dirty. That says a lot about you. Okay. It might be that that's how your camera is set up. It might be how your office is set up. And I, and I say this, if you are working with me and you and I have a virtual presentation, I have two camera angles that are set up in my office. One is Right behind me where you see all my video blogs, go to my YouTube channel, I go to my website, you'll see all the video blogs. Behind me, I use a green screen. The reason I use a green screen is because my desk, which my green screen covers, is typically filled with working documents, book, uh, portfolios, resumes, uh, proposals, financial information, personal and professional. So I, you know, I'm always working on my desk. I put my green screen up. No one sees anything. There's other times where I present where I want my background to demonstrate and show my catapulting commissions book. It shows my bookshelf, my brands, my, my things. I try to have something identified to my business. Now, there's two schools of thoughts here, and I'm not here to debate that, and, and I would love to hear your opinion on it. So if you have an opinion on it, definitely text me at 661-228-8967. Text your opinion to 661-228-8967. But two schools of thoughts. Have a clean background where there's nothing behind it, so it's just you, or have a professional background, office background, office setting, pictures, plants, bookshelf, etc. My personal preference is whatever you're comfortable in and whatever looks clean. I've used them both, but the green screen makes it easy. I have to be honest. Green screen, lighting, I can change my background instantly, and it's super easy to set up. It is not technically savvy. If I can do it, you can do it. If you need help, text the help number. We'll teach you how to use a green screen properly. Another thing that people aren't doing correctly right now, and don't fall victim to this, if you are going to run a virtual presentation, know your technology ahead of time, okay? Take the time out. Know your technology. In the, in the days of conference calls, we've all been on a conference call, and you hear the person on the conference call that says uh, that they ding in late. Hey, guys, I'm sorry for joining the conference call seven minutes late, and there's 60 people on. That's annoying. They should know the technology, right? Everyone's on the conference call. We all don't need to hear that you showed up late. Uh, or 
hey, am I on mute? Can you please mute your phone? The whole muting game on conference calls is ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Well, that is how that's embarrassing. That's how it's embarrassing for you, the presenter, if you don't know your technology. If you don't know how to use your Microsoft Teams, Zoom, whatever platform you're presenting on. And when I say know the technology, meaning know how to share your screen properly. Know how to mute guests. Know how to admit a guest. Know how to chat correctly. Know what screen or what buttons you have to press. Look, you can be a phenomenal business person, a phenomenal entrepreneur, the best salesperson in the world. But if you don't know the technology for the program you're presenting from, no one's going to pay attention to the valuable information you're sharing. They're going to laugh that you don't know how to use technology. And let's be honest, at this point in 2021, there's no excuse. There's thousands of YouTube videos teaching you how to use technology. Take take the time, learn, practice, pull up a PowerPoint, open up Microsoft Teams, open up Zoom, present, use the share your screen function. If you're if you're like me, I have two screens for every computer that I work from. So I'm always ensuring I'm presenting the right screen. And if I'm not, if I'm uncomfortable and I don't know, I get to it right away. I say, hey guys, you know, I are, are both streams present is my is the correct screen presenting. Know the technology. Okay. Also, one of the mistakes that I'm seeing people make is when they're speaking, they don't speak to the camera. They speak to the screen. Do you know what that looks like? You're running a, a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting. We're just call it Zoom from this point forward because I like Zoom a little bit better than Microsoft Teams. Um, I use them both, but I prefer Zoom. So you're running a Zoom meeting and you're talking with somebody and you see that person looking at the screen, talking to the screen. Hey, pick your eyes up a little. Look at the camera. When you speak to the camera and you look at the camera and you talk to the camera, you're actually speaking to the audience, whether it's a large group, a one-on-one meeting, but that person, that's who you're speaking to. When it is time for you to listen, if you're in the listening mode and you have to and you want to look at the screen, that's okay. And I'm guilty of that myself. My camera doesn't, the way my camera sits for my setup, it doesn't sit right above my screens. It's literally right in the middle eye level. Um, but my screens are to the left and right of my camera. So I'm looking to the left or the right while, I'm, while someone's speaking to me. And that's because I'm looking at them speak or I'm looking at what they're presenting. However, when I speak, I look back at the camera. Do yourself that favor. Start speaking to the camera. Make a mental note. I literally had to put a pink post-it note on my camera when we first started using Zoom on a consistent basis for business purposes. Once I realized my income was going to be impacted by my ability to present on Zoom, I made it a mission to be good at it. So look at the camera. Speaking of the camera, this one, pet peeve, guys, don't be this person. If you know how to take a selfie, if you know how to use angles to make social media pictures attractive, then you should know how to use your desktop camera or your laptop camera, your desktop camera or external camera to be positioned for a virtual presentation. If it's presented too low, the camera's looking up at you. That's not a flattering picture. If it's presented too high looking down, that's also not a flattering picture. Have your camera eye level. You should be looking at the camera. It's called the rule of thirds in photography. And and I I might butcher it because I haven't taken a photography or videography class in over 20 years. But 
The one thing I do remember is my eyes should be at the third on the screen. So if I'm looking at, if I'm using the screen as my baseline, if I was to take my screen and divide it in three with two lines, my eyes should be on that top line. Where that top line sits, that's where my eyes should sit always. So be sure you're looking at the camera. Now, if you're presenting and you only have a laptop and you don't have um, an external camera, so your laptop camera naturally sits lower than your eye level because of your desk, there's multiple ways to raise your laptop. You can pick up the laptop and put the laptop um, on top of a stack of books. If you're in a hotel room or traveling, you can use the trash can, turn it upside down. I've used a trash can and an ironing board before, independently of each other. I put my laptop on the ironing board and I raise it or lower it based on where I want to sit so my camera's eye level. Uh, if you work from your laptop at home only, there's laptop risers. Literally, they're 20 bucks on Amazon. Get a laptop riser. Raise the level of your, of your camera so now you're speaking eye level to your audience. Okay. Another thing, as you're speaking, be aware of how your image is projecting to your audience. If my virtual presentation has me completely up close where you're only seeing my eyes, that's not good. That's a little out of focus. That doesn't happen often. The one that I see that's most uh, common and is happening on a consistent basis is people are presenting their, their product, their, their uh, business update and motivating their team or whatever they're doing, and they're so far away from their camera. Look, I don't need to see the couch you're sitting on. I don't need to see, honestly, I don't need to see what the pants or shoes that you're wearing, right? You typically want to be face, neck, shoulders, right? That's kind of, that's, that's typically your, your, your bread and butter spot. We are naturally attracted to someone's face. You're naturally attracted to how, to how someone is speaking, Okay. So when that's happening, you want to highlight that. So for me, if you follow my blogs, I'm always shoulders and above, right? Sometimes I may be a little bit lower, and that might have been some earlier videos, but I'm typically shoulders and above because I truly want you drawn to me, attracted to me and what I'm saying, not distracted by what's around me. Now, if you're somebody who knows you're going to presenting and knows you're going to get animated and you want to have that... Um, that higher level of energy or that higher level of emotion displayed, stand up. 100%. Stand up. There's rising desks. Now, these are not cheap on Amazon. They're a couple hundred bucks, but there are rising desks that will rise with you. Stand up for your next virtual presentation. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I know that many, you know, we'll just say 20 years ago when I started making phone calls and cold calling people, I would, get, I would have to stand up on the phone and walk around because that's kind of how my, my juices were flowing. That's how I got motivated. That's how I got inspired. So if you're somebody that way, stand up. The one thing you want to avoid, though, is don't slouch, don't lean over, and remember to keep um, your, your perspective in terms of what is being shown on the camera, right? Is it your upper body only? Are you, are you animated? Are you pacing? So if you're somebody who likes to stand up and express emotion, do it. I highly encourage it. Um, one of the things you don't want to lose in virtual presentations, um, and, and we started this podcast show by discussing uh, my interviews, right? I'm interviewing people for a sales job. The one thing that I dislike with virtual interviews is I can't read somebody's body language. And I typically can't read someone's body language because they're not animated. 
Now, in an interview, it's a little different because I don't want that person to be overly animated and, and trying to entertain. I want to hear what they have to say, and I want them to be able to answer the questions that I'm asking. I want to, I'm trying to uncover um, some things in an interview process. But in a sales presentation, absolutely, be animated, right? Put a little energy, put a little animation in, right? If you're talking too slow or monotone, you're going to bore your audience, Likewise, don't be overly animated where it doesn't come off as genuine. You want to keep people engaged. You want people to want to be looking at the screen. And I hate saying this, but you know what? A virtual presentation is a performance. It's time to perform, team. Catapulting commissions family, perform. Give your best effort, right? Facial expressions, hand motions, uh, head expressions, voice and fluctuations. All of that is part of being animated. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. Another thing that you can do in your virtual presentation is pacing yourself or overpacing yourself is probably more appropriately. Don't speak too fast. I have seen virtual presentations and not even have seen, I've been guilty. I don't even know. I know it's somewhere out there on YouTube, but I did one of my very first virtual keynotes um, and I jumped on my virtual keynote and I lost the first five minutes of my virtual keynote because of technical issues. None of my own, but the, the program, the group that I was presenting for. And then I was asked to stay on cue. So I had to make up five minutes and I knew my message was 49 minutes and 30 seconds. I had rehearsed it. It was down to the minute. And so now I'm chasing these four and a half minutes and I spoke fast the entire time. I actually finished early, but of all my virtual presentations, that was probably my worst. And that was because I didn't have a pace. I didn't have a cadence. I was just speaking as fast as I can. And when you're trying to get through constant, uh, constant information at an accelerated pace, you lose the value. Someone isn't fully understanding or comprehending what you're saying. So have a pace, have a rhythm, keep that rhythm going. Too slow is boring. Too fast, you lose people. Just in the middle. Be smooth. So much so that when you do public speaking or you're speaking into a microphone or you're speaking in front of a crowd, you'll often, I know when I coach people who are public speaking for the first time, I typically say, look, speak a notch slower than you normally do. I know it sounds weird to you, but to the audience, they hear it perfectly. That same thing applies in virtual presentations. And when you speak at a pace that's acceptable, that shows pauses, that shows breaths, that shows thought, it also shows intelligence. Speaking too fast shows nervousness. Speaking too slow shows uncomfortableness. Get your pace down. And if you're doing virtual presentations, don't be the victim to sound checks. Don't allow bad audio to ruin your presentation. Okay, look, if you don't have an external microphone at this point in time, shame on you. 
Right. We are, we are, we're, we're going into month 11 of COVID month 11 of virtual presentations, get an external microphone. They're easy. There's, there's external microphones that don't even, that aren't even in your face. Um, I know for the catapulting commissions brand, I have an external microphone. You see it on my face. It's, it's right in front on every blog, every podcast. I know for, um, my uh, my medical role or my medical sales team that I work with, that role, I have an external microphone that's not in my face. It's hidden. It's literally a small uh, microphone that sits right below my de- right below my face on my desk. And so when I'm speaking to that camera, there's still clear audio. There's the cam the the microphone's not distracting. Now I wouldn't record a podcast on that microphone, but when I am, I would do a presentation from it. I have no problem speaking out loud to people from it. So get a microphone. You can ruin your entire virtual presentation with bad audio. Okay. And if you're going to have audio and a microphone, ensure you do a quality audio check. There is a thing that's called uh, a feedback loop that podcasters experience, and and for the most part, every podcaster is aware of it, but I know that I educate my guests. When my guests come on to catapulting commissions, I typically say, hey, I I want you wearing headphones. Reason being is there's a possibility for a feedback loop, meaning if I'm speaking, the the, the stereo, the speakers are going to be playing what I'm saying and so you're going to pick up the, the noise from the speakers back into the microphone. It's just one circle, and it creates static and feedback and sounds horrible. Now, there's been some updates to Microsoft Zoom and, micro, or, uh, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and these other platforms to eliminate that. Not everyone has the newest version of it. So I'm, I'm a big fan of headphones. By having headphones in and your audio, you're fully committed to that presentation. There's no outside distractions, your phone going off, somebody knocking at the door. You're fully committed to that presentation, just like you were if you were in person. Because if you were doing this presentation in person, your phone ringing or vibrating wouldn't matter. Who comes by your office wouldn't matter. So Use a good set of headphones. I personally like Bose set of headphones. I like the AirPods as well from Apple. Um, you know, I, I use them interchangeably. Internet speed. Oh my goodness, this is key. So huge. Get your internet speed if you're going to do a virtual presentation. Now, financially, this is an investment for some people. Um, it's an investment for everybody. It just depends on how uh, where you're at in the financial or on your financial status and, and what you can or can't afford. But let's talk about it both ways. If you can afford to upgrade to the highest level of internet for your home or your work office, if your work office doesn't, you know, that's probably not, not your responsibility. But if you work from home like I do, upgrade to the highest level of internet. Find the highest level of internet. It's a little bit more money, but I'm going to save you some, some money here. Cut your cable bill. Get the highest level of internet and stream your TV because you can stream for a fraction of the price for what you pay for cable or direct TV. That's what takes place in my household. That's what takes place in anyone's household that I can influence because you can save so much money. But let's go back to this. You want to have the highest internet speed because you don't want lag taking place in your presentation. If you don't have the capabilities to have the highest internet speed or, or you can't afford the highest Wi-Fi speed, then you know what? Plug into the modem. Buy an Ethernet cable. Typically, your computer has already come with one. If not, you can get one on Amazon for four or five bucks. 
plug it into your modem, plug uh, the other end to your computer and present that way. You want the fastest internet speed. You do not want lag. I have seen incredibly talented entrepreneurs lose an audience because they can't hear them because their internet sucks. It's unacceptable. If you're going to present specifically to a customer or a large client or a large uh, large audience, the internet has to be in check. Another thing you can do. Oh, I love I love joining virtual presentations where someone's engaging the audience. Now, just like we build rapport in sales presentations, you spend time and you build some rapport, you have to find ways to engage your audience and engage the people that are in your virtual presentation. And this is going to be different for everybody. If you are in a small, intimate setting, one-on-one, one-on-two, typically just the engagement is, is a true dialogue and it's a true rapport building skill. But once you get to, say, eight and above, nine and above um, participants, you want to engage that audience. And you typically can engage that audience by having people uh, chat, answer questions, raise their hands, but you have to ask for it. So for me, if you've joined the Catapulting Commission's workshop, um, and, and I'm running the Achieve Your Goals workshop right now, you're listening to this the first week of January. There's three weeks left. It's every Monday um, at 5 p.m. You can text 661-228-8967 to get registered. You can also go to anthonypgarcia.com black, uh, backslash sales training to get registered as well. But you'll notice on these webinars, I specifically ask for feedback. I say, hey, guys, you know, I started off with how was your Christmas? What was for New Year's? What did you take away from last week's sessions? Type it in. Where is everyone from? Type that in. And then I say, hey, if at any point in time you hear something today that you like, that you think is valuable or that, hey, man, that's a good that's a good nugget I'm going to take away, I ask for a favor. Do me a favor. Type that in the chat. Let me know that that, 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 that resonated well with you. I do it for two reasons. One. Engagement increases other engagement. Once you see somebody do it, somebody else does it. But two, my team, we go back, we look at the text, and we look at the bullet points that people found valuable, and we say, okay, hey, how do we create more of these valuable nuggets? That's it. I want to create more valuable nuggets from my presentation. So you have to engage your participants. Um, Anton Gunn, who was on the Catapulting Commission's podcast in the, I think, the first 10 episodes in 2020, former uh, senior political advisor to President Barack Obama, he was uh, on my show a few days after he was on CNBC, which was incredibly humbling to have him on the show. But when I spoke with him a little bit about his virtual presentations, and I love it, I've seen him do it and I've done it on a few, he just plays music in the beginning. He plays music and he's almost dancing in the beginning as people start checking in. You know, you, we all know that process for uh, uh, virtual presentations. Hey guys, we're going to give people a few more minutes. Hey guys, we're going to wait one more minute. He's just playing music, which I think is awesome. So you definitely want to try to find a way to engage your attendees. Another thing that I think people get distracted with your virtual presentations, your slideshows, your PowerPoints, <laughs> they have to be better. Bottom line, if somebody is going to present slides and use a PowerPoint, it has to be top notch. Now, I know we would say, hey, but I use PowerPoints in live presentations. Great. And if you used a PowerPoint in a live presentation and there was a typo or there was an error or, or a grammatical error or a typo or, or some of the statistics weren't accurate, typically it would just kind of roll up on top, but you had a live audience, you captivated them. Somebody may pick, may pick it up, point it out, but for the most part, you would be okay. That doesn't happen no more. <laughs> 
what you say in your virtual presentation with your PowerPoint slide is impactful. So spruce it up a little bit. Ensure grammatically is correct. Make it visually appealing. You want people to be drawn and attracted if they're going to look at a PowerPoint slide. If you're going to pop up a slide to take over your face during a virtual presentation, make sure that slide is beautiful. Okay. And I think the last thing that you can do to ensure that your virtual presentations are impactful this year is be yourself. Have fun. Be you. Be authentically who you are. Aaron Hazikostis. Aaron Hazikostas, who was a guest on the Catapulted Commissions podcast also in 2020. Uh, she has um, she runs a a podcast as a company about being authentic. Be Authentic Inc. is the name of her company. Um, I take that message to heart. Be yourself on these virtual presentations. So I, I, I listed today uh, several ways to improve and impact your Zoom, your virtual presentation. The one thing that I can't teach you is to be yourself. Just like a face-to-face meeting, just like a cold call meeting, uh, just like a meeting with, a, with a, an existing customer, just like a meeting with your boss, you have to be yourself. So have fun, right? Research will tell you that people retain information better when they're engaged. People will forget what you said when they're bored. So be yourself, be engaging, entertain people, but remain yourself. If you're not a funny person, don't try to be funny. And I'll tell you what, if you're not a funny person and you try not to be funny, that's actually kind of funny. So just be yourself. Do not try to um, be somebody you're not. And I know in the beginning I said we have to perform, which I stand by. Be yourself. Perform for who you are as the best for your virtual presentation. Look, 2021 is here. 2020 is gone. COVID is still here. COVID is not gone. Virtual presentations are here, and they're going to be here for a lot longer. So ace them. Get them right. Get them done. Look like a professional. Elevate your game. Virtual presentations today are the equivalent to the shirt and tie sales professionals wore 10, 15, 20 years ago. I remember being in one of my first sales roles and thinking the shirt and tie made me look like a great salesperson. Today, it's your virtual presentation. How fast is your internet, how clear is your lighting, how clear is your camera, we didn't even discuss cameras today, and how great is your audio. And that list can go on and on and on and on. If you need help with your virtual presentation or you want some feedback, reach out to me and my team. Phone number is 661-228-8967. Shoot a text, say hello, tell us what you're looking for. We can get somebody on the team to give you some feedback and we're here to help. We're here to help you grow. More importantly, be sure to click like, subscribe, and enjoy this new format of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. This show will air every Wednesday and every Friday for the remainder of 2021. We will have a Wednesday show like today where it will be an in-depth monologue or it will be me interviewing a guest. Fridays will be the Friday focus where we're going to dive into some teaching, tra- teaching strategy or tactic that you can implement in your sales week. So, be sure to click subscribe, rate, review, and let me know what you think about it. Find me on social media, Anthony P. Garcia 99, uh, or look up the hashtag catapulting commissions. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. I'd love to hear how 2020 treated you. And I'm humble and grateful and honored that you have been a part of this journey thus far. 
Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.